cake farts. <laughs> Stepped on a rusty hoe. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> Take it, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> no! Um, gotcha, bitch! Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in somewhat sunny but somewhat showery Santa Cruz, California, yes. United States of America. But still warmer than anywhere else. Oh, good lord, yes. yes. <clears throat> Hey everyone, this is Eliza. We have got we're running loose and wild today. Oh, you, no. you have no idea. We're running lean. <laughs> yes. We we got the A team here in the house, and <laughs> we are, we are not prepared. Yeah, so who not. knows how this is going to go? Uh, Soon also, to be the F team in the house tonight. <laughs> your favorite exotic number two. We've got Henry. Hey, what's up? And, can, you know, can I say, Henry, that mm. that is a fine hat you are wearing <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, it's, it's very nice. It's very Zasu-like. Yes, I was, yeah, I'll buy into that. Mm-hmm. It's um, a rather natty orange colour. All right. Yes, very nice. And anyway. Every, then coming up, everyone's favourite wisecracker, we've got Knock. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Knock, knock it off. Yeah. Was that a pun? No, what's up? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? <laughs> Hope you guys aren't dying out there in the uh, polar vortex regions of the United States uh, right. of America. Yeah. I saw, I saw some photos from Chicago. They don't look too good. Oh, <laughs> right. Dude, was that like the dude on the skis? Like he had skis on his feet or, or little things off the bike? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The outriggers. Yeah, Did outriggers. you see that um, that weather uh, alert that went out that said that men who wear shorts year-round may have to put pants on now? <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, it's it's like, cargo it pants. cold. Steve from Cleveland Motto. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact our weather warming, it's going to be windy. That was yeah, it for us. I know, yeah. I know. Running the board tonight, we've got Bagel. God save the queen. <laughs> God save her. Is she still alive? Wow. No, she's still alive. God, yeah. Dang, she's hanging it's, in there. It's, it's actually God save God the queen. Save the queen. Yes. Sean Sh- <laughs> and on the Classic Girl couch tonight, wow. it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And I'm all alone on the Classic Girl. Alone, darling. There's so nobody lonely. to keep me company on the Classic Girl couch. None of us are classy spread enough. Spread out. Yeah, I am. Maybe I'm, you should just lie down and just I tell am. us all your problems. No, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna Somehow, I think your problems will involve a grom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into decline <laughs> yeah, later, darling. Yes. <laughs> I do like your shirt, grom. I like your shirt. Oh, yeah. Angel yes. Wings Race Skill. Race yeah, girl? Race Skill. Built for speed. I am built for speed, darling. And the uh, proud papa in the Navy hat oh, yeah, is Naked Jim. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Peace, love, and soul. And uh, do you want to give an update on Jake? Uh, yeah, so anybody that knows Jakey, she's uh, kicking ass. So she got out of boot camp. That was all good. She went down to uh, Pensacola for further training in uh, aviation air rescue. So she's progressing through that program quite nicely. And, uh, yeah, she's whooping ass. And I 
think it's a wonderful thing what she's doing. Your choice of how to celebrate it by destroying your toe, I think it's a little <laughs> questionable. <laughs> i got to be honest I with agree. you. Yeah, well, I've only heard from her a little bit because she's busy and the Navy's keeping her very engaged, I'll say. So, oh, uh, she's doing waterboard training. Yeah, Dude. no, she's, she's, the next round is where they <laughs> try and drown you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last one is where they flipped her upside down and spun her around underwater. In a helicopter. Multiple times. Yes. Wow. And yeah. now get out. Yeah, with blackout goggles and shit. And then, um, mm. Sounds fun. But that was the easy one. That was the very f- small step. She does it. that for fun. Yeah. So now she's, <laughs> wow. at the, uh, she's at the swimming part, which is up her alley. But yeah. Anyway. You she's know, doing the th- great. The thing is with Jake, I mean, she's he's by far the strongest swimmer I have ever met, I have ever seen. Yeah. And I mean, was this <clears> just... When did you know that she was going to be like this? I don't know. I, who knows? I mean, I mean, was she swam out of the womb? Was she, was she a daredevil yeah. as a child? Uh, yeah, she's um, always been like an adrenaline junkie. Bold. Um, she's bold. She's, she's yeah. No, she, she is bold. And uh, no, she's um, and I, I'm a little bit vague about what she's up to now by her request. Yeah, you know, right. She doesn't want too much detail, but um, yeah, she uh, you know she grew up in the ocean. You know, we've always. I was going to say we're so lucky in Santa Cruz because yeah. it's an ocean town. Yeah. I mean, most <clears> of the kids kind of skip school and go surfing yeah yeah or or get up at like fucking four in the morning surf and then go to school right i, I just yeah. feel bad for her that she is property of the government and is not allowed to ride a motorcycle the government yeah mm. well not yet but she's okay with that but what i will say is be glad she's property of the government because she's really good at what she's doing and oh yeah it's nice that we have people and a lot of other young people like her that are dedicated to what they do because it's not easy well, I remember when you know she first started coming here young and just learning everything, and it kind of reminded me of we had a couple kids here today, and we had a cool guy first time. Uh, he just got a bike two weeks ago. Oh, very cool! And he actually he told me that um, it's a V Star two fifty. Oh, is, oh, it a is that what it is? I didn't know they made one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, really, it was yeah. a 250. It looked like a 600 issue. Yeah. You want to know something wild? You can buy that bike brand new. Brand mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. As of last year, you could still buy it brand new. It's one of the last carbureted bikes you can buy from Yamaha. Mm. Um, and they come in like a billion bits in the crate. And it takes hours to build them. But they're, uh-huh. they're a sweet little bike. I like it so much better than the Rebel 250s. It's got drag bars and forward controls. It's a good-looking right. bike. Well, it's way beefier than the uh, like the GS2, right? But here, right. here's a problem. So it, it it's pretty clean. It's not a very old bike. But he bought it two weeks ago from somebody, paid, I want to say, $1,800 for it. Yeah, yeah, right? Pretty clean. He came to adjust the chain, and Henry noticed something on this bike <laughs> mm-hmm. that looked odd. Mm-hmm. The front forks were bent about three degrees forward on no, the backwards. lower backwards on yeah. the lower triple yeah. tree. Oh, yeah. both yeah. of them? Yeah. Both of them. Yes. Yeah, that was a good catch. Oh, yeah. He did not, he was not aware, he even had a friend. He did the right thing. He had a friend come with him to look at the bike. And I even walked over and was feeling all the mirrors, turn signals, everything. There's just like a couple <clears> scratches <throat> on one turn signal where he said he it fell over. Yeah, the bike looked But there clean. was nothing. <laughs> I could find nothing. Yet the entire front forks were bent you know what, visibly. You know what did that? Exactly what 
The same thing that happened to a Gram I've got on my bench right now, and we'll talk about that in a bit, is the guy just rode into the back of something hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he was concerned. He goes, oh, maybe we did that when we tethered it down no, into the no, truck. No, no, and no, I no. said, no, no you could not that. do that. Somebody <laughs> ran into something. He goes, well, maybe somebody backed up into me. Like, No, that would have knocked the bike over. Somebody had to propel this bike into something to bend those forks. And it's right. got a tiny little fork to, fork tubes, yeah, too. Yeah, and they're super thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't take much. Yeah. And he said, now that he was aware of it, when he was riding and he hit a bump, he could hear a scraping sound. Was that the fender on the... Uh, no, I think maybe it's the, the spring, spring or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, the spring inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, oh, we're like, guy. bad news, dude. You need to get new forks. Mm-hmm. You get the new upper tubes. Yep. Yeah, but I, I th- my guess is you'll yeah. find forks, whole whole legs, as cheap as you do tubes. Because tubes are what bends. Everyone's got lowers. Yeah. You know, I mean, back in the old days, we used to straighten them. But yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit, you know. Yeah. So it's it's one of those cases. And, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why we do what we do here. Um, people like him can come in and get some advice. And right. he honestly had no idea how to tighten his chain. Mm-hmm. There was He knew that it was loose. Someone told wow. him. He had no idea. Um, he said that he took the MSF class, but he didn't pass the rider uh, test yet. Okay. So he's just been riding around. Well, he well he's on his permit, I guess. He um just riding around in parking lots and practicing. Um, but to be able to come here and have us sure. take a look and mm-hmm. here's something I like too. He had bought one of those clip-on bicycle lights that flashes mm-hmm. because he wanted to have more visibility mm-hmm. he actually has mm-hmm. auxiliary headlights too that he wanted to mount but i told him to hold off on that until he got new fork tubes yeah that's got to be his number one priority hey thanks for looking after him henry <laughs> and so, uh, I, I, well, I just feel bad for him that yeah, and since screwed. he bought the bike two weeks ago it's i don't he can't make any claim or call that person no. it's like they can easily say you've had it for two weeks yeah, who knows what deal's you did. done even, so, uh, even though they represented it as a as a fully you know intact functional bike right well, sold out but, no, right? but hang on in truth the person might not have known that they might have mm. they might not have fallen off they might have just gone crunch into the back of a car oops sorry mate mm. and then carried on riding yeah. um, and just didn't yeah, know that's, that's and possible. just didn't know i mean mm. did, remember this is an entry level bike so so you're not going to get somebody with a lot of riding experience riding it my, my theory is like the previous owner bent the shit out of those forks realized the bike is not riding bike riding is not for him and right sold it quick without knowing anything you know was damaged really exactly so uh and and here on ebay i'm looking at uh fork tubes for 145 bucks for a set yeah, yeah. That's, that's the nice thing about those yeah. beginner bikes is that they made a million of them so parts are really right. really cheap well and then the other guy who came in uh on a kind of a clapped out F- <laughs> fz6 right? no, no it was a gs500 GS oh yeah right G- a goose. G- yeah goose gs500 he's been in here a few times before and he too was saying yeah i think my chain is loose and i'm like yeah it is you need to tighten he goes well, like it's all i've have it adjusted as far as it'll go okay. you're fucked and it's like Ooh. oh then not time for a new chain or sprocket mm-hmm. uh, new chain and sprockets yep oh uh, well i really can't afford that i said well just so you know here's the risk you take 
that thing can uh, snap, come off, and it'll either uh, stop the rear wheel, you'll slide, or it'll hit the case and and break the engine, or it'll break your leg. He excited, right? And he's like, like uh, and then knock, knock came out. I'm like, hey, knock, tell him what happened. What what will happen if you have a bad, you know, old chain? And he said the same things. So, but also. I saw him, um, he took some uh, spray cleaner and a rag and wiped down his forks, which were black, and then suddenly became silver. Right. And I well, went, Wait, what, what is going on? <laughs> he goes, oh, I've got a fork leak. His forks were completely black oh. from an oil leak and just stuff. And I said, dude... You need to fix that because I know, but I just don't have the money. I called a shop; they wanted two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's about the guy who like, yeah, the shop. Twenty bucks will get you the seals, and you can do it here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no excuse, dude. And um, to me, to see riders like these two guys out there riding on yeah. bikes that are dangerous, right? And they had no idea. And uh, to me, it just uh, confirms why we do what we do and that the motorcycle community, especially young riders, need people like us. Anyone anywhere should be doing this, helping to look out for uh, young riders. So I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> I made you him know, feel shitty. Well, and, uh, <laughs> you, uh, there must you, be a sacrifice. Yeah, and you sorted out with uh, sorted him out with some gear, too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the first right guy. The, yeah, he, yeah. Anakin? He, yeah. He, <laughs> he was wearing, like, you wait, know. Wait, wait, stop, stop. Anakin Skywalker? No, no his name. <laughs> Ana, Anakea. Ana, oh. He's from India. Anakea, oh, okay. It wasn't Anakin. No, but, you know, he was wearing um, boots, but not motorcycle boots. He was okay. wearing sweatpants and, a like, a windbreaker jacket. Yeah, that's thing. not going to give you much protection. So I gave him a nice jacket yes. that came without um, the... Um, elbow and shoulder pads but someone else had sent us elbow and shoulder pads so i just popped those in there for him and he walked away with a a nice jacket and some gore-tex gloves good Mm -hmm. so now he's got some money for some forks now you see yeah but yeah i think um it just goes um back to when i always say i think more people should do what we're doing it doesn't have to be anything big just opening up your door every now and then and his name was anakea that's what I said. Yeah. Um, but let's see what else was going on today. Oh, speaking of cleaning, wiping stuff off that was black and it's a different color underneath. <laughs> Henry, I took a look at your engine in the engine room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'd look at your pants or something. I thought it was like a black wrinkle paint. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what 45,000 miles does to uh, a motorcycle under my care, at least. <laughs> so here's one thing I'd like to point out that I think, Emma, back me up. I'm going to say this is a top tip. It, I know hmm. where you're going to go with Just this. Before you take these cylinders off of an engine, yeah. clean it. Yeah. Because now you've got an open engine yeah. and you've got like thick grime on there that you're cleaning off. And if that st- stuff falls down in. No, that, yeah, I was looking at bad. that. No, I was looking at, at that earlier, and I was thinking, like, shit, I should have cleaned this off before I pulled off the jugs. Yes, clean your engine before you dismantle That is a it. top tip. Mm-hmm. That's my top tip. You but, know, the thing is about Henry is I've noticed a pattern. <laughs> I've noticed a pattern with Henry is his personal hygiene is very high. He's probably the cleanest person here. <laughs> however, true. However, his motorbikes are pretty disgusting. Well, I like to ride. I'm not clean. I'm well, I know that, darling. But you, you could give him a bath once in a while. You yeah, know? that's true. You know, I mean, that beautiful 
pan-European you're riding is is turning into a black motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what advice do you have, Emma, on cleaning an engine of that sort? There's all sorts of tricks. So let's just give some advice on cleaning an engine. Well, um, if you if you're cleaning an engine, the key is. You want to use something that's safe. And safe means it's safe for you and it's safe for the engine. My current thing that I like very much is this stuff called Purple Power. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got some here. Yeah, Purple Power's great. You, It comes in a big gallon jug. You can get like a squirty can. Mm-hmm. And you just squirt it on, leave it for five minutes, and then just hose it off. And it's not flammable. It's not going to eat into the paint. It's not going to eat into the aluminium. Okay. Um, and it's going to get it squeaky lean. Do I have to worry about, like, bearings and rubber no, seals? No, 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 no. But, you, I mean, if you've got a high-pressure gun, you should never point it directly at a bearing anyway. You always kind of hit things at an angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lovely. yeah, no, you're safe. I mean, you know, generally... Come on, boss. The, um, the Friday know, machine is here. Get on up there, Buzzy. Come um, on, up, 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 up Help up, him. Up. He needs help. He needs help. <laughs> he gets about three inches off the ground. <laughs> Good God. He knows once he's up there, he can't he's come like, back down. It. I ain't going over there. You know, I've been coming to Misfits now for three years, and that dog has just changed <laughs> shape immeasurably. Help him. He's, he's become more sausage-like. <laughs> he's just trying to get up there and he can. He's absolutely... Clueless. Absolutely. He's given up. Okay, you just sit over there and fart, Bosley. That's a good boy. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you're riding through a rainstorm, Mm -hmm. your bike's going to get far wetter than if you hose it off. So, you know. Which I usually do. Yeah, right. No, and I've used some of um, the degreasers work so good that you can spray engine cleaning, spray it on, let it sit, and then hose it off. I used something the other day. And it works really good. Well, you know, like I was going to do the Ascot, I was going to repaint it and all that. Yeah. And then um, I was like, oh, I'll just... I'll just clean it really good and see what it looks like. And I got like, it was like maybe gunk off or something. Let me tell you something about Honda black paint. They were very proud of that stuff. Yeah. So I used like a degreaser and uh, same thing, let it sit for like 10 minutes and then hosed it off. I used a scrub brush for the worst stuff. Mm -hmm. Because this is an 83 bike, so it's got a lot, you know. Uh And uh, and it worked out great. So instead of repainting it, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to clean it. And it cleaned up really nice. The paint looks good. Honda was so proud of that paint. They actually patented the application. Hmm. It's like um, an electric, electrostatic application on that. Mm. A yeah. very, very durable finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they got away from it now. Mm-hmm. But back in the 80s and right up to like the mid-90s, you had a Honda with a black engine finish. You got yeah. something. Yeah. You so know? it was like it was like a special powder coat technique or something? Or it was not like- quite. I mean, it was a charge coating. You see, a lot of the singles, that bike has got magnesium alloy casings. And you yeah. can't just put anything on there yeah that's right you know um so it was it's just real nice paint and they did an electrical charge on it to help it stick and it's very very durable yeah so jim has started on a a small project on his bike today that you can easily go down the rabbit hole yes 
Jim, you want to tell her what you started doing? Yeah. Well, it's all a rabbit hole. You know, yeah, it takes it apart completely every. But this is a special, especially is rabbit hole. Is it as deep and dark as Emma's hole? Nothing. Uh, nothing is deep and dark as Emma's yeah, hole. Or nearly as sweet. But oh, thank you, Doc. Yeah. Gross. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jelly. Aren't history. You, Maybe I am. What about it? <laughs> We're talking about history here. <laughs> no, I, I introduced him to a new tool. Yes. And, the and he went there? down the hole with it. Oh, so anyway, the um, the Ascot, the front forks, I'm going to stick with the, the stock forks. And Very good. Yeah, so I wanted to clean up the uh, the lower part of the forks. Okay. And um, yeah, so I took the uh, like the uh, wheel brush to the it. Bus- the, I so stuck like them the on my, my buffing wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buffing wheel. Yeah, it buffed it out. So... Yeah, but it's one of those things where you put the you know the wax on, you start buffing away, and buffing compound, yeah, yeah, the compound. The more you buff, the better it looks. But it's like, when do you stop buffing? Yeah, exactly. When do you stop? Yeah, but it all, um, it all depends on what what you're aiming for. I mean, you can get aluminum as good as chrome, exactly, mm-hmm. if you want to put the effort in, right. Um, and it's more than just push on a buffing wheel. I mean, right. it's really a process. Yeah. If anybody's interested in the process, so you're looking at an engine case on the bike, and it's it's crusty and nasty and everything. I want that to look like chrome. So what you do, the first thing you do is you get the old paint stripper out. In England, it's called Nitromores. In America, I think it's Jasco or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And you get all the clear coat off the casing, because believe me, it's got mm-hmm. clear coats on it. Get all that off. And now you're starting with the sandpaper. And before you do anything, you have got to get all the pits and the damage out of that casing, Mm -hmm. which means you might be filing it. You might have really coarse sandpaper, like 100 Mm -hmm. grit sandpaper on the block. I thought you were going to start with, like, go to a stream with sand and rocks. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) and say a little prayer. But basically, you start with very, very coarse sandpaper, get all the pits out of it, get all the damage off it, and then just get progressively finer. Now you've got your 200 grit, now your 400 grit, now your 600 grit, now your 800 grit, now your 1500 grit wet, now you're 1500 grit dry and it's beginning to look like chrome now mm-hmm. and then you get the buffing wheel on it and you're like Cruise, that looks good yeah. but you've spent literally a month right on a casing and your fingers are flat yeah and you hate everyone <laughs> and it's like is this worth it <laughs> well, right so that's find, where i'm at and you have find you have no friends yeah. can you use like dremel tools or, or i mean you can well, you have to for some of the nooks and crannies yeah, yeah but i mean ultimately it's it's the same as anything else on yeah. uh if you want that level of finish mm-hmm. right. you can't sub- there's no substitute for bloody hard work so, I mean, so here's what I'll or say paying somebody to do it yeah. but most polishers I know and there's, there's a guy Ian right here in Santa Cruz right. he's an English bloke Ian Kelly very dear friend of mine and he's a polisher and he will charge you buku bucks to polish engine cases 
but it's a bargain because he spends so long over awesome. it. Well, what I found today is after I seen I spent about a half hour maybe yeah. total, you know, buffing one of them. And, uh, <laughs> he, he spent a half hour and got to the good enough point. <laughs> well, I got to the good enough point. Right, well, you right. know, you buff it, clean it up with some WD forty, whatever, and um, it looked pretty good. So right. I told Liza, I'm like, all right, I'm going to call it good for today, but I'll probably come back and spend mm. some more time just kind of nerding out on it because it does make a difference. I'm not going to go to the extent where to you know to go spend hours and hours, but I think if I put in you know half of a day on the two of them, they'll look dramatically different than they did. Lisa, let me tell you right now: if you get all the clear coat off them, which I'm sure you have already, have you? With the buffer. Well, okay. So you need to get the rest of it off. Get just get a bucket of warm soapy water and some 600 grit sandpaper and some 1500 grit sandpaper forget all the other steps just knock it down with a 600 grit till it's like flat grey mm-hmm. and then just knock it down mm. with a 1500 grit wet mm-hmm. and then dry it all and knock it down with a 1500 grit dry Okay. It's going to look really quite good. You're not going to win hmm. any shows with yeah, it. Yeah, that's okay. But it's going to look really good, especially if you hit it with a buffer. So and that's an easy... That will be like an hour per leg right. and, half a, and, totally half a, reasonable. and half an hour for the bridge. Yeah, totally reasonable. So um, back to the buffer. Yes. So there's different compounds you use when yes. you're buffing. So that was one of the things we were just kind of shooting in the dark with that well, stuff. Well, you, you want to try poly. You want the, the red stuff. The red stuff. Yeah. For the... To start with or to finish with or just in general? No, I mean, just in general. You just, just use the, the red stuff. Yeah, just use the red stuff. The okay. red stuff pretty much... <laughs> Boz. Hello, Boz. And does the type of buff matter or is it all kind of the same thing on the I, I like a nice firm buffing wheel I like a firm buffing wheel ah actually and I wanted to point out because it's been a while since this tool has been used um, this is uh, just a, it's a Harbor Freight um, it's actually a buffing wheel it's a little bit different than the grinder wheel because the shafts are much longer yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have a lot more access and I have a soft wheel and a hard wheel on it right so there's two wheels and if you're doing any sort of restoration it is a great tool it's not that expensive um but yeah, it's a good good grind. Right. With the little time I, I used on it, it worked really well. Yeah, and you know, it's a little effort goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, a little effort. Um, so but, and yeah, now that you're into that too, you can do bolts. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you can do mm-hmm. and polish them up and get looking yeah. really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny because that's just one little tiny mm-hmm. fraction of a thing that I got. I tell you what, with. that Ascot's going to look really hot when you're done with it. I hope so. He's still going to or look like shit. One of no, the it's going to look great. He's still going to do the wheels in gold. Yeah, so I still got the same general plan. You know, um, I think that'll be make a, a street tracker out of it. But you know the. Like I said, when you get into it, every little component has tons of details. Mm. So I'm trying to basically prioritize how I'm going to do things. And it's going to be multiple things because as this is getting done or I'm waiting on that. But where I'm at is I've got the frame uh, cut down, all the extra tabs cut off. I got the uh, fiberglass seat came in from Omar's. Yes, which looks good. You sent me a picture it of that. It does. You know, they're made for XS650s, um, which I think are a little narrower. So the feet, uh, uh, so the... Um, fiberglass just barely fit or it didn't fit i had to cut a bunch of it out to allow for the rear shocks and then where it sat over the spine of the frame i had to take a sander and sand it out a little bit but that's the whole idea this is kind of a you know it's going to be a custom thing so i got it pretty well liza came over today um 
gave me some advice. I cut one of the supports out, and it rested much better. Um, oh, right. On the on the, the crossbar between the, the two frame members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a crossbar that your seat sits on. Right. But that was raising up too high, so you could you can take that off. Yeah, just you, take it then off. You, and... Then you move it back, and you can cut it down and right. weld it back on. You have to weld something back on. Yeah. But you can take that off, and it'll... But just make sure your tire clearance right. is still good. But the the advantage you've got is you're thinking about the overall design of a yes. bike. Because, mm-hmm. you know, back when I was first building, and I did it myself a couple of times, and I used to notice an awful lot, you, you kind of get bogged down with the details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you do all this detail work, and then you stand back and look at your bike, and you're like... It's so not very good looking, is it? Yeah. Because, you know, the details, it's like if you were to close up on all the details, like, oh, God, it's fantastic. When you stand back and just look at the, the, mm-hmm. the way it sits, there's something very wrong there. Mm. Your bike, because you, you, you've kind of thought about how it's going to sit, it's going to be a good-looking bike no matter what you do with it. Yeah, yeah, because you get to analyze each little part. You know, one kind of – I got, a, like, a lot of things I'm wrestling with right now. One question I have is, you know, I, I intend to powder coat the frame, you know, redo the engine, all that kind of stuff. What order of process should I use? Like, what should I focus on first? Should I get the wheels on first? Get the – should I put it together dry and then take the engine back out? Like, Well, I mean, you <laughs> – it's not like you're building a custom frame. If you're building a custom frame bike, the engine is going to be in and out more often than a sailor in a brothel because <laughs> you bolt something on, you put the engine in, make sure it fits, take it out, put right. it in, take it out. Your bike, you know the engine fits in the frame because right. you're using the standard loop frame. So truthfully... Yeah, we've talked about this before. Don't get overwhelmed with the, with the whole thing. Concentrate on a project. I think what I'd do with you, if 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 I was doing your build, make your next priority the engine. Just build the engine. Okay, so build the engine. Get the engine nice. Get it how you want it. Put a rag over it. Forget about it. Put Actually, it in the corner of the garage. I gave him different advice. Yeah, I said. Just remember, you can break this project down into steps. Yes. And if you want to just build the frame and the bike and just keep that old engine in there, you can. Because then the next phase can be pull the engine and do an engine rebuild, like next winter. You, I mean, you can do it like that. The yeah. key is just break it down into manageable bikes. Exactly. That, that was what I was, my point. Okay, so I'll just talk about two things then, mm-hmm. and this will be mm-hmm. plenty. One is what I'm concerned about is I'm, I think I got the frame dialed in. I got things cut off, ground off, yes. the seat support welded in the right spot, right, right, group right. welded in if I need it. I send it, get powder coated, come back, looks great. And I'm like, shit, I need to weld the tab on here for the battery. And I all of a sudden I have to grind off and weld into powder coated. But that's okay. Oh, so here's the here's it's called um, a rolling chassis. You're going to take everything down. You're going to build it back up. Your wheels, your front end, everything. You're going to put it all back up. Still don't send it out. You can drop the engine in. You can get everything fitted. Make sure that's what you I'm have thinking, like where your wiring is going to go. You do everything. Then you take it apart again and yep. that's when you send everything out for paint and coating see that's what i'm wrestling. so i'm thinking yeah, yeah, more yeah. let's put it together before i oh, paint yeah. it because i think i'm gonna need to do shit afterwards dry fit everything because you don't want to be having a drill and cut that's and what i'm saying so my exactly. other question back to the engine so this is a yes. 500 thumper um with right. twenty six thousand miles on it okay what i'm planning on doing 
is just what I kind of need to. So I got on order rings. Yes. So I'm thinking I just have to do the cylinder, just whatever right, the right, fuck right. that's called. <laughs> um, rings and basically clean it. Right, I'm thinking the valves might be okay. I don't no, know. cut the valves no. in. So cut anytime, the valves in. Anytime you have an engine down. Taken apart. Taken apart. And this is a minimum. You want rings. Yeah. You want a cam chain. Mm. And cut the valves in. Okay. So One, top, two, and, top and rebuild cam at a minimum. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and a cam chain's going to run you 25 mm. bucks for that bike. And the valves could be okay, just clean up the valves? or Yeah, well, just clean them up, cut them in. But also, if you're taking apart, you want to check your, your crank and see I doubt if there's um, any play in it. You see, we have the advantage with this bike is we've heard it. And I yeah. know that thing sounds good. So I know It runs good. It yeah. runs good. It's got a good bottom end. If you're working with an engine you don't know, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of checks you should make on the crank. You should make sure the main bearings turn smoothly. Mm-hmm. You should make sure you've got no up and down play. Mm-hmm. Um, should check the oil pump. Check the okay. oil pump screen. Okay. But that bike, what I would do, it's 26,000 miles. It runs great. Mm-hmm. Put new rings in it. Because that's a smart thing yeah, to no do. Yeah, no rings, right? Put a cam chain in it, because okay. that's a smart thing to do. And I should be able to get a cam chain for it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah okay. Oh, good Lord, yeah. yeah. Um, cut the valves in, because that's a smart thing to do. And then you're going to be done. <clears throat> yeah. I tell you one thing about those FT500s, though. Where your effort is going to lie is running helicoils in the cylinder head because they are oily. The top end on those things are oily. Did you oily. break one? Hmm. No, yeah. but I guarantee it's, it might have got a couple of stripped threads in there. Oh, really? They, Interesting. Okay. Almost just, all of them. I know it weeps wait, oil a little bit, but... Can you just chase them yeah. really quickly with a... With a th- with Sometimes a you can, yeah. yeah. But and usually what happens is they leak oil very, very prematurely. Mm-hmm. And people, oh, it's got an oil leak. I'm going to tighten it down yeah. a bit more. Ooh, so ooh, when it's leaking again, I'm going to tighten it down a bit more. Okay. Snap or pull the thread yeah. out. So a lot of those 500 singles, and it's not just the FT, it's yeah. the XL, all of the derivatives of that Because it did weep a little bit of oil yeah. out of the cylinder head gasket. Um, so when you get the valves out, when you get the valves mm-hmm. out, you see, you've got a flat edge because mm-hmm. your valves aren't sticking up. So we can flip the head upside down on a flat surface, mm-hmm. run some measurements, make sure it's completely flat, get the old mm-hmm. make sure it's flat, do the same with the valve cover, make sure it's flat, and then make sure all the threads are good. And the compounds that we have now are so much better than the ones that were around in 1983 We'll get that thing oil tight because there's nothing worse. You've built a really nice engine, and it pees oil out everywhere. Mm-hmm. You've got to take the engine out to get that valve cover off. I think. Yeah. Well, the engine's out. So yeah. So, yeah. so, but what I'm saying is, if yeah. it leaks oil when it's oh, once finished, it's back in. When it's, well, yeah. and I've been telling like, don't worry too much about the engine. Rebuild everything else. Replace every bearing, seal, gasket, hose, and line. And you'll have practically, you'll have basically a brand new bike. Oh, yeah. If you replace all of those things, like he was saying, Jewish, I replaced the brake lines. Yes. Everything that has rubber or anything. So if I wanted to upgrade, say, front brake master cylinder and lever, what would be a nice nice upgrade there? Well, you know, um, most of the the, um, aftermarket manufacturers like Magura, they're uh, German. Um, Brembo, of course. And um, 
I but, think Tokiko, they all do any sport bike from a CBR yeah. or anything. They're, really they're, no, anything, if you want to buy yeah. you, if you yeah. want to buy a new one, well, you can get these cute yeah. little Brembo, the tiny, you know, the little mm-hmm. bad size for you know little tin of mints mm-hmm. um, and they're not expensive it's 100 bucks or if you want to buy a used one from mm-hmm. a sport bike just that's try fine. to determine what size your master cylinder is the piston diameter because sometimes it's stamped on the uh, right on the unit yeah, itself and you try to match it or a, get a matter of sport bike is going to pump so much more it volume it doesn't matter it doesn't matter about the volume it's the feel because you could have awesome feel but it won't work or it'll work really amazingly but your lever is floppy shit there, there, it's 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 one of those things that you got to pay close attention to and try to get it matched closely to what you want it. Unless you know what your OEM feels like if you want it. I tell you what. Dif- feeling differently. I have got at work a ton of Jixa front master cylinders. There you go. From yeah. recalls. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I will... Um, you can have a play with one of them. Yeah. Hmm. Try okay. different, different sizes. Some, some mm-hmm. feel yeah, better and than others. Yeah, that's a nice master cylinder because so. it's very, very small mm-hmm. and it's got a remote reservoir. Yeah. It's a so radial, you can right? put the reservoir where you want. It's a cool. radial. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how difficult will the wiring be to get that to work with a brake light switch? Oh, no. It's easy. It, easy. Yeah. Okay. It's a momentary switch. Yeah. So, Emma, you have something else on your bench at work. <laughs> the Grom. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well, no, it's a frame change. You what? See, for those for those dear fools who follow me on Instagram, no, I love you all, darlings. Um, I posted a picture in the week, which was quite well received, of me with an exploded grom on my bench, and there's <laughs> friggin' grom everywhere. And this bike came in. Um, it'd been involved in a little bit of a bump, <laughs> and the bike was perfect, but the front fender was broken because it had smashed against the downpipe of the engine mm-hmm. and the frame was bent and what had happened the the guy had, hadn't fallen off it he'd ridden into the back of a tow hitch mm-hmm. so he'd come up behind this truck and this thing had got like an extended tow hitch on it mm. and he just got whack and hit the back of it at about 10 miles an hour Jeez. And, it, and that bent the frame and it bent the frame Did, wow. not the forks nope that's so weird. So Those the opposite of what was yeah. going on with his uh, V-Star 250. Yeah, yeah. some tough forks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, well, it's got upside-down forks on it. It's a Grom. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it bent the frame. And the initial thing was we thought, oh, Christ, this thing's going uh, to be totaled. But then we did some parts prices. So would anybody here like to guess what Honda want for a frame for a Grom? So a new Grom is what, like $39.95? Right. $39.95 for yeah. a Grom. Anybody care? Now, bear in mind, it's painted. All the brackets are on. Good to go. But this also has the VIN number on it. No. It doesn't. Where's yeah, the VIN the is on the engine? But what you have to do, when you change the frame of a bike, the bike comes without a VIN number. So you cut the headstock off the old frame and you toddle off down to the DMV and you said, okay, I've changed the frame on my bike. And then um, the DMV will stamp. Oh. Well, actually, it's the CHP will stamp a new frame number on it. And oh, then you get your, I didn't know that. Yeah, they'll yeah. rivet it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll rivet the whole thing on. Sure. I, I would think this would total it. Uh, you need a new frame would total the bike. Right. Any any takers on how much? Uh, the frame? This is from 2500 Honda. 2500 to 28. 
Yeah, it's like frame. twelve hundred bucks. This is from Honda. This is from Honda. Genuine. Not Honda. from Banggood. A ge- not from Banggood. <laughs> this is a genuine. But remember, a Grom is not made in Japan. It's made in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I say twelve hundred bucks. Five hundred. All right. New frame for a Grom, one hundred and fifty bucks. What? <laughs> oh, you're kidding me! One hundred fifty dollars <laughs> painted, mate. Yes. Well, it is a small frame, first of all. It's it's all it's mild steel tubing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all it is. Okay, it's probably just automated. Then I can go out to dinner made. sometimes. Well, no, 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 thousands of those, huh? It's the irony is the CDI box for that bike is more expensive than the frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Maybe, maybe that's most why, things are. And maybe that's why the frame bent in the first place. Yeah, so right. anyway, <laughs> right? um, so anyway. So there you go. We should make a whole bike That's out of CDI boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hence the exploded grum. So what I've done oh. is um, <laughs> big chunks. This is how you approach a job like this: is a yeah. big chunks. So the whole back end of the bike came off. The swing arm pivot came off, and then the whole back of the bike came off. <laughs> oh my off. god! And then the front end came off with the wiring harness, and then the engine dropped out. And so that's basically big bits. And then we'll just assemble it. And I can't imagine. How many, I'm just curious, how many hours is this estimated at? Nine hours. That's, wow. Nine hours. That's not much more than just a fucking valve job on some bikes. You know, it's, it's what the insurance company will pay because it's going through insurance. And the flat rate is like, this is the flat rate time for that. So, you, I mean, you've got to hustle, but you've got to do it right because it's a frame job. No, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it in nine, ten hours. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, um, we have but a... on Tuesdays, I, w- I move very slowly. You see, my service manager will tell you this. On Tuesdays, I move very slowly because it, it's my Monday. It's Monday, yeah. Yeah. And then on Friday, which is my Friday, I move equally slowly because it's the end of the week. So your best bet is Wednesday or Thursday. Best rates are Wednesday But the problem is, is I move quite well on Wednesday morning, but then I have a large lunch, so I'm moving slowly in the afternoon. <laughs> and then by Thursday, the Thursday morning's a goer, but by lunchtime I'm getting a little tired because it is... T- so I usually have a nap at about four o'clock. So... <laughs> Oh my God. Sleep is important, man. Yeah, I mean, I have. I mean, all the reps love coming to visit me because I've got this. If you've never seen my work area, I've got a barker lounger in my work area. (laughs) And usually about 4.30. I'm getting. Do not bother the queen. She is sleeping. Yeah. And a beautiful painting, by the way. Yeah. Everybody knows that about 4.30, Emma has a little nap in her barker lounger. So it's like (laughs) quiet in the workshop because there's napping and I'm just (laughs) having my little nap and then I'm I'm good to go then. Kind of like Bosley. Yeah. But yeah, you see my painting of Barry Sheen. I know. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Barry's looking down on me and making sure I do everything right. So I have a question for you guys. How would you feel if you loaned a bike to somebody and they crashed it? Uh, Oh, I'd be terribly upset. Yeah. Well, I'd hope they were okay. Yeah, but well, <laughs> as a matter of procedure, I think I think I would probably make some like corn doll of them and stick pins in <laughs> in the groin area. Oh, man. <laughs> Not the dick. No, we would dick stab them. Oh. Well, we have a we have a listener of ours who has written in to us before. He had uh, a bout of cancer and had treatment and had come out of it hmm. um, on the on the good side. 
And to celebrate, his wife bought him a a dirt biking trip through southern Utah. Oh, I is that this not guy. like one of the best wives Dude, ever? That's so cool. He's a keeper. That's, that's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, he seemed like a pretty legit motorcycle dude too. And uh, so he went down there on this celebratory uh, trip uh, where he managed to crash his friend's bike and get fucked up. Oh, Dude. He got get all yeah. fucked up. Well, well, yeah. So uh, he's been sitting at home convalescing with all sorts of like titanium and shit in him. Hmm. So I thought let's give him a call and see how he's doing. What do you guys think about that? Mm. I think that sounds great. That's a wonderful mm. idea. Why, why not? Hello? Is this Matt? Mm, this is. Hey Matt, this is Liza. Uh... Well, hello, Liza. How are you? <laughs> you're, you're all pilled up, aren't you? Surprise! You can tell. Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker! It's the Misfits calling! Yeah. <laughs> oh smoke cow. weed every day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hello, Matt, uh, darling. Well, this is Miss Emma. What doing in sunny Santa Cruz? Yeah. <laughs> We're on the FBI's right. radar now. <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, Naked Jim, Miss Emma, Bagel, Knock, Henry, and myself here. What's up? And, uh... Howdy. So we heard you had a little accident. Had a little bump on a husky, did we? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a bad get off. Huh? <laughs> so, dude, I, got, I just got to say, I'm like, he's like, oh, I crashed. I'm like, so I, I, I read the email that you sent, and I'm like, dude, you did more than crash. I'm like, holy moly, what did you do dirt biking? Like, I fall over and like, oh, I hurt my leg, but man. <laughs> so let's go back a second. So you uh, were gifted this this uh, adventure trip from your wife yes yeah yeah so pretty cool what what was the occasion um it was just a, a christmas gift i'd been jonesing for a bike and i i didn't have a dirt bike at the time and i had some friends that had an extra and she's like oh you know what my wife seen some youtube videos from this guy that puts on the rides and she thought she uh, called up my buddy's wife and she's like hey let's get the boys this awesome trip so it was a, a Christmas gift. So your wife's awesome. That is awesome. And where were you riding? Um, just outside of St. George, Utah. Oh, oh I know yeah. it well. You know that area, I've heard, yeah. So yeah. I'm from just south of Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, it was just supposed to be a couple of days riding out in the, out in the desert. And I was stoked. In fact, I don't know if you guys remember, probably a month or so ago, you read an email I was actually asking about what kind of 650 as far as XRs and DRs mm-hmm. um, and kind of anticipating getting ready for, for some spring riding. So this this bike trip to St. George was a total surprise, just an awesome move by my wife. And uh, so we all got together and ran down to St. George for the weekend. And the guy who was hosting the ride had us stay at his house. It was really cool. We went out and hung out with him and got to know the other riders the night before. And then took off riding Friday morning. So what bike did you end up riding? What's that? What bike did you end up riding? So I had actually started off on my buddy's Husky 450, which was a super rad bike. And he ended up getting hurt earlier and, you know, a little later in the day. And so I was like, dude, if you want to ride my 701, 
you can. Oh. I was like, um, let me let me think about this. Yeah. Done. Yeah, so right. <laughs> All right. So wait a minute. I got to ask you a question. So bring us back a little bit. What's your what's your background writing and uh, what dirt bikes have you ridden before and that kind of thing? Because this is like so, sounds like serious serious shit you're getting into. Oh oh yeah, dude. I I was like a kid on Christmas. So yeah. I've ridden street bikes for over twenty years. Um, I'm an MSF instructor. I'm super comfortable on street bikes. I've only ridden dirt bikes for about a year and a half. And so I, I, and I haven't ridden a whole lot. I had a KLX 450 and I sold it last spring, Jim, just about the time you got your KLX 250. Oh yeah. Cool. So I've been out of a bike for oh about a year and I've, I've borrowed my buddy's bike a little bit since then, but I'm, I'm not a real super experienced dirt bike rider. Yeah, how hard can it be? <laughs> I mean, it's on dirt, it's bikes. I've got like a, a couple of thousands in the garage, so a little 701. Dude. Little 701? Dude. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, through the crash, I was riding this big old behemoth of a, of a bike, <laughs> this big old uh, Husky 701, and it fared a lot better than I did, I'll tell you what. So what, what kind of, was it, was it <laughs> rocky? Was it rocky? Was it sandy? Was it hard packed? What kind of riding were you doing? What's the riding um, like there? So the area you were at, it was um, pretty hard packed dirt. I was riding along kind of a clay road that was packed down. And we'd been riding all day and we we're just taking a lunch break. So the guy who was leading the group, Ty's like, hey guys, while we're having, you know, grab some snacks out of your camelback, I'll throw a drone in the air and record you guys if you just want to buzz up and down this road. So a couple of us took off. And I was just kind of leading me and my buddy and another guy behind us. And as I came up kind of this hill crest, I just noticed, oh, man, it looks like there's a bump right up at the top. So I, I slowed down just a little bit. Um, but then right as I hit the hill crest, I realized, oh, shit, that's not just a little bump. Like right after the, the little bit of a bump. The hill dropped down and off to the left, like <laughs> oh, 15 feet. Oh, no. oh, so um, I was definitely not experienced and quick enough to jump that thing. Oof. And I was going too quick to slow down to make the turn. So I kind of just did like a lawn dart <laughs> off the top of the hill oh, crest no. <laughs> into uh, the other side of the hill on the other side. Wow. Uh, yeah, they outlawed, yeah, they outlawed lawn darts. For, yeah, for <laughs> just <Right>? this reason. <laughs> it doesn't work out, man. <laughs> so you sustained some injuries, did you? I did. A, a couple little bumps and bruises. So um, I never lost consciousness. Last thing, I mean, I, I kind of remember going over this hill crest. I just went, oh, shit, 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 because we had comms on. We had little Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was as much of a warning as I could give. And yeah. I closed my eyes and wished for the best going, this is going to hurt. And I don't remember hitting the the initial hit, but then I remember flipping over the handlebars and landing on my head mm. and laying on my back. And so my buddies caught up, and my back was hurt, my legs were hurt, and my neck was hurt. And it knocked the wind out of me. So as my buddies got there, they were pretty cool. They know the drill. Don't pull off helmets. Don't do that. They're kind of checking me out. And it took me a second before I could breathe, catch my breath. So I finally, I'm like, oh, dude, I think I broke my leg. My leg's busted. I'm sore. But I was like lying upside down. <laughs> so my feet were going up the hill. So I had them just kind of move me around. So I was sitting up straight. 
And, uh, you, you know, we, you kind of do the check. You know, I, I can feel this. This is okay. And ultimately, I'm like, well, I'm sore, but I think I've got a broken leg, and maybe that's about it. Well, mm. not so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, any story that starts with, I never lost consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a good thing. You're like, oh. Do you, do you wish you had at this point? Oh, my gosh. It would have been so much better. <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, it, I mean, it actually wasn't too bad. I had good people with me that that makes all the difference. And, and mm. we called for a support truck to come out and pick me up. And at the time, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of busted up, but I'll be okay. Um, ultimately, next day or two, I got to the hospital, and I had a compound tib-fib fracture oh. in my leg. So I had busted through, and as I'm laying there in the dirt waiting for the truck, my friends are looking at my leg, and they're looking at each other. And I'm like, dude, guys, like, what's up? Like, well, Matt, there's like blood dripping out of your boot. That's never a good sign. Wow. So how about um, I broke, uh, what is it, the T6 vertebrae in my back. Just It looked like an Oreo cookie. There's like bone on the top and bone on the bottom and crushed yeah. in the middle. Oh, man. And so they ended up fusing a bunch of vertebrae there, broke a rib. I chipped some teeth. Mm. And um, my, my other knee was kind of sore, but I wasn't worried about it. And I just found out like a week and a half ago that I ended up, breaking the bottom of my left knee as well so oh, wow. but <laughs> that'll be okay it was just kind of like a, like a little hairline thing minor flesh so, wound yeah yeah it'll totally grow back i got all good no problem <laughs> <laughs> that'll grow back dude that's gnarly <laughs> man these you're in such good spirits tough you are in such tough. good spirits it's awesome oh you know what it could have been so much worse that's all i can think of is is yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jacked up now, but I can hobble around, and it could have been way worse. So I have a question for you. Um, <clears throat> when your wife got you this trip, did she also get an insurance policy on your life? <laughs> no, wouldn't that be rad? <laughs> <laughs> if she'd been thinking, she would have cashed in. <laughs> wow. So is no. this? How long are you going to be waylaid from riding? Do you think? Um, I'm hoping probably early summer. Okay. Good. Be, I mean. Right now, I've got a couple of street bikes in the garage, and even today it was good weather here. It was like fifty degrees, and like, babe, I could probably go go out, and I got the look. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Maybe That's I cool can though. send her, get her out of the house, and ride around the block on the street bike. But probably, probably early summer, midsummer before I'm on dirt bikes again. So, yeah. so dirt biking, you're gonna stick with it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'll stick with it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Can I suggest okay. taking a class? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe just, uh, yeah, don't get on the 700cc dirt bike. Go with the, Dude, a little, little right more away. chill. How was that 701? I've been drooling on those Terrifying, for a while. probably. Oh, it was rad. That thing is just a beast. I mean, we were doing some like kind of low speed hill climbs and it just chugs right up. It's like a locomotive. It's, it's, it's like it's so mm-hmm. smooth. It's like the bike the XR650R wants to be. This is true. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's like, hold, hold my beer, I got this. <laughs> this is what you really wanted to be doing all along. That's right. It was so cool. That was definitely it a was... hold my beer, I got this story you just told. So. <laughs> and so they just they stuck you in a truck to take you out, or did, did a bus come to get you? Oh, no. No, it was cool. Um, 
my buddy or the guy who's hosting me is like, you know what? I've got a, one of those spot locators. He's like, yeah. we can probably fly out. Oh, damn. Oh, and, life flight. I, and I just knew, I'm like, dude, you know what? For whatever reason, I know I'm good. Let's huh. just get a pickup out here. So we loaded up the bike and loaded me in the back of the pickup. And and uh, his sweet wife, the guy who was hosting the ride, the whole way out, she's like, I am so sorry. I'm like, dude, you're, you're fine. But it was washboard roads. So mm. it took us no. uh, probably a little over an hour to get to the hospital. Yeah, I, I know those roads in southern Utah. I've done a little off, off-roading myself there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's super great riding. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, my uh, grandparents lived in Hurricane, and that's where I kept my mini bike that I go oh. ride around Hurricane. So <laughs> just just on the other side of the prison from uh, St. George. Yes, yeah. So yeah, what yeah. What, uh, what street bikes do you have in the garage? Um, so I've got uh, Versys 1000. Oh, that's nice a good bike. bike. Nice. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a riot. And then I just got a Tracer 900 last fall. What is Dude, the Tracer nice. 900? That's the so it, Yamaha. It's the same thing as the FJ09 that Yamaha made. Yeah. Oh right, right. It's kind of a kind of a little sport touring bike. Okay. Yep. Knock rode one of just, those things down in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Sounds isn't that redundant to the Versys then? Um. Yeah, it kind <laughs> of is. <laughs> <laughs> Which so of the two do you like wife, better? My wife rides as well, so it's nice for us to have two bikes. Oh okay. Oh yeah. Which of the two of the two do you like better, the Versys or the uh, Yamaha? Um. You know what? I, I like the Tracer. Yeah, It's a really? lot lighter, yeah. a little more compact. Hmm. Um, it's got some kind of mixed reviews. It's kind of a like it or hate it thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But the Versys is just like, what do you want to do today? We'll we'll do it. It's mm-hmm. a rad bike. Is that an inline four? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. okay. It's an inline four. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah, the Versys is a four and the Tracer's a triple. The triple, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes. I, I love them both. And then the 600 is a twin, right? 600 yeah, yeah. 650. So, Matt, when are you going to yeah. come out here and, and we'll take you dirt biking in Hollister? Oh, we'll, I cannot. We'll, we'll try and kill you. <laughs> no, let's go to the desert. <laughs> because because there's desert plenty, of, plenty of cliffs to fall off at Hollister. <laughs> oh, Hollister sounds like a blast. From everything I've heard, that would be a riot. I, I would love to come see you guys. That would be cool. That would that would be like a dream trip. Yeah, come on out, man. You, yeah, you are welcome here anytime, darling. Here's what I would do. I would guilt your wife into this. You know, mm. I didn't really get to cash in on that Christmas present. Right. Can we do it again? <laughs> do not. Do not be a bad influence on him. Your <laughs> wife sounds like a saint. <laughs> she is so rad. She's the best. She seems like, very she's rad. She's in the hospital the whole time with yeah. me. She's yeah, but she's got to have some guilt. you got to use that to no, your you advantage. No, do not. Don't listen to Get right. another trip you know, out of it. You're not wrong. See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stoked you have such a great attitude. You're going to be back and riding in no time. Oh, you know what? It's all just fun and games. We're we're just playing with bikes and having fun, right? Yeah, it's all fun and games until you launch off a cliff. <laughs> it's oh fun and games. I know you. what you mean, though. I've been there. I know what I know what it's like. You're like, this is awesome. Whoa, not so awesome. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, great. Oh shit, shit, shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Well said. Exactly. Uh, well, we're glad that you're doing okay, and just wanted to give you a call and check in, and uh, oh. hear hear the story. We love a good crash story. Oh yeah. And knock wants to know oh, if you have any extra right pain on. pills. <laughs> you what? guys, this is the coolest thing. I've I've listened to you forever. I think you guys are great. I love it. This is like the highlight. Oh, that's so sweet. That's um, awesome. I do so, have a question for you before before you go, darling. Yeah. Um, because you would you would brought to our attention by the original uh, email that you had a little bout with cancer, didn't you? 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, I had a little thing a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, uh, how's your knob, darling? Uh, uh, not as great as when I was 18, I wish it was. Well, yes, no, I know, darling, they never are, but as, as long as you're back to approximately where you were, that's the burning yeah. question. You know, um, all things considered, it's doing pretty well. Luckily, I avoided any real surgery, just had some radiation therapy going on there. So they didn't have to do a lot of slicing and dicing. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, and, you know, the one thing that we figured out by talking to you, you're one tough guy. So, <laughs> you know what? Well done. Well, do well oh. done for getting through that. Well done for the spirits you're showing after your wreck. You, you're a misfit. Completely. Oh, thank you. You're, you're, too, you're far too kind. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, let us know so. when you're uh, when you're got your wife uh, against the ropes and you're coming out here. <laughs> right on, right on. I totally will. You're like, you know, baby, I know you love me. I know you want me to be happy, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, trip. If she likes riding that 900 tracer, I don't think it'll be too hard to convince her to take a road trip. So. But uh, don't take it personally yeah. if I don't want to loan you any of my bikes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, no kidding, right? Like twisted road, those are still cool, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, good, good talking to you. Thanks for giving us your story, and uh, oh, thank thanks you, for being Lizzo. a listener. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you all for the call. I hope you have a great week. All, all right. Well, thank you. All right. Bye, hey, Matt. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Smoke weed every day. Now that is the kind of attitude that I love. Oh, that is what gets so you through. That's everything. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. No, Matt is one tough guy. Yeah. Um, and he will be writing shortly. That's yeah, cool. he will. Um, which is a segue into little thing I've little thing I've got to say about a message which I got yesterday, and I am going to read it to you, as it appeared on my telephone. Okay. No, it didn't say that. It didn't say that either. Um, it said. All right. All right. Um, Dear Emma, I want you to spank me with a paddle again. And Oh, no, Ooh. that's the wrong message. Oh. <laughs> Different inbox. Different Emma, inbox you said you wouldn't share Swipe that. Swipe right. Right. Emma, I just wanted to let you know I had an accident on my bike. I have a compound fracture right. of my ankle Ooh. and a broken right thumb. Surgery went well. I'm at a friend's resting. Please tell all the misfits I said hello. And that is a very, very dear friend of ours, Theo. Theo Pappas. Theo. Oh, no, Theo. And, what know, happened? Yes. Is, is that why he wasn't on the naked ride? I guess. <laughs> so Damn, son. Theo has been listening to us probably since episode one. Mm -hmm. um, and he recently showed up here on a very, very nice V-Star 650. Mm -hmm. um, the good news is the bike's a lot better off than he is. It just needs a couple of turn signals. Um, but, Fucking Theo, damn, man. Yeah, so Theo had a little bump. So we're sending good good thoughts your way, Theo. Yeah, man. Um, Get well soon. And, you know, he's, I think he's a little bit nervous about getting back on again. So what I'm going to do, when he's ready, um, he lives in San Jose. I'm going to ride up there, and I'll just ride alongside him until the uh, the fear passes. Oh, that's and nice. And then we'll, 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 we'll get him rolling again. 
So um, Jim and I are working on a little um, a little trip we want to take in April. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of excited about this for a couple reasons. So um, one of my friends, Michelle, the, the, who I was just visiting in South Dakota, uh, she has purchased her own little motel. It's like a little travel court. It's really cute, right? And she's going... This is uh, outside of Sturgis. And she's going to... St- Stick with the whole like vintage kind of thing and make it like a boutique little Bates Motel. A little motel, right? <clears throat> um, but one of my suggestions when I was there, because when I was looking at the property, it has an old garage. It's just full of paint cans and stuff. And I said, you know, if you throw a lift and some tools in here, you can promote this in the. Um, you know, writing the touring groups as a place that you can stop and feel free to use the lift and the tools. And because she's, a, she, you know, she's a writer too, she loves that. And that was one of her goals was originally to have like a motorcycle camping ground or something like that, catering to the motorcycle community. But how cool is that? Because n- I mean, how many places offer that where they have a shop with a lift and tools that you're welcome to use to do maintenance on your bike when you're touring? Yeah, that's awesome. So Jim and I get to go. She loved the idea. So Jim and I get to go set it up. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Right. Well, not just that. Here's what I'm excited about, because she has a few dirt bikes. Mm. And I, she said, well, you know, in April, it's still going to be cold and it still may be snowing. And I was like, we get to go dirt biking in snow? That would be cool. Oh, that sounds no, cool. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not? <laughs> it's like, no. no, my first dirt bike experience was in snow. It's not. <laughs> what? But it sounds yeah, cool. If, I think if you dress right, it might make a difference. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you got like studs in the tires or something. If, yeah. What do you mean? Snow is slippery. <laughs> well, the I, well, the I, the so snow. is mud. Fuck it, we're gonna ride dirt bikes in South Dakota. Yeah, that's right. Don't, don't ruin their dreams. Still get stimulated. No, fuck it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, I think um, so. Emma, what do you think for like a Harbor Freight lift? Um, she has a compressor already. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, toolboxes. Well, here's what I want to get. I want to get a workbench, a toolbox, and basic tools. Right. You think we can do this for like a grand? Oh, easy. Yeah, right? Well, here's one thing to consider. A lot of that clientele is going to be uh, American bike <coughs> freedom units. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to be doing metric, metric fasters, and freedom, right? right? So yeah. that's one thing to consider. Well, I mean, the, thing, the good thing about tools, listen, snap-on tools are warranted forever. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? So are craftsmen. Mm-hmm. And the, so you can start off with cheaper tools. You can even go down Harbor Freight. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, if you're earning a living, Harbor Freight tools might not cut it. I'm, yeah. I am the first to confess yeah. there are a couple of Harbor Freight tools in, in <clears throat> my toolkit at work. But they're things that I use very, very rarely. But what you can do with tools, you can start off with cheaper tools, as long as you've got some kind of quality going on. I love craftsman stuff. It served me really well over the years. Well, I would think you'd spend the money on a ratchet and sockets. Make sure those are good. Wrenches, make sure those are good. As long as you stay away from the goofy stuff that covers... You know, well, this will fit metric and freedom. Now it won't. So (laughs) get a good socket set that is in metric sizes and in imperial sizes. Get the noises coming out. I know, he's like a fucking machine that's 
fucking really hard. Shall I tell you what he said? He, he, he sounds like a pig. Yeah, I wish my Roomba was truffles. that good. He's rooting for truffles. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, but it would seem like most of the stuff people are going to do on the road, like going to Sturgis, I got to clean my bike and do. It's going to be mostly maintenance items. So I think if you kind of screwdrivers, the, the basic, pliers, yeah. chrome polish, lots of chrome polish. Yeah. yeah. Well, well remember too, any good touring touring biker has their tools. But I was telling her like, we'll just get different. Uh, spark plug wrenches some different oil filter wrenches just the basics and then here's the fun part we get to like outline them on the pegboard do that whole bit and organize them well what I told Liz is you have to look at this like it's a uh, like a co-op garage and one of the best ones I've seen is um, is down in LA Lucky Wheels Garage they do a great job of organizing important tools in a way that's easily accessible and easy to see when something's missing right each workstation the sockets are exposed and numbered wrenches exposed and numbered so you can glance at the wall and immediately know if a socket or wrench a screwdriver is missing yeah. and that's important because if, if you're running a collective um it's really easy to misplace a tool. And then if you come on, if you're the next one in the workstation and the tool you need is missing, you're not serving yeah. your community properly. And if you're looking in a drawer, it's hidden. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm going to pull a drawer spin. out and find right. it. You don't know if it's there or not. So I like, right. you know, but I think if we put some, because it's not a big space, but it'll see, be fun to put some thought into see, it. See, here's the thing. Everyone's... Always, whenever you look at a, a, a professional mechanics toolbox, they always look really anal. You pull out a drawer, there's all the screwdrivers laid out. Mm-hmm. You pull out another drawer, there's all the wrenches laid out. You pull out, there's all the players laid out. Everything's got its place. And there's a reason for that. It's because we're all on flat rate. Time is money. Mm. And you've got that bike on your bench, and you've got two hours to do a full service on it, front to back. You're hustling. And if you're spending 15 minutes looking for your 10 mil socket, mm-hmm. well, guess what? In that 15 <clears throat> minutes, you could have adjusted the chain, bled the rear brake, and adjusted the clutch cable. And that's money. That's money in your pocket. So that's why, you know, it's, it's so important. At a collective, it's not quite as important. But Lucky Wheels, those guys hustle. There's a lot of bikes coming through Lucky Wheels. So you might only have an hour slot to do your little thing. So if you've got an hour and then Joe Soap is coming in with his CB750 after you on the same bench, you don't want to be messing around looking for a missing tool. Especially if you just paid by the hour. Right. And I just spent seven minutes trying to find a 10 mil socket. You're really pissed. So I I think, yeah, so I think setting it up in a way that it's easy accessible, easy, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. We get to ride dirt bikes. Yeah, we could ride dirt bikes. I think it'll be fun. I really enjoyed my time there, but I also love that she's willing to set up a space like this for traveling bikers. That's a great idea. Wouldn't that be cool if there were more places that did that? Another thing, you know, what kind of a lift do you have to talk about when you talk about these big American V-twins? You know, these aren't 400-pound motorcycles. So I think, you know. No, they're 401-pound motorcycles. Freedom. Wait, but, uh, <laughs> but I think that I think that a Harbor Freight lift will take up to a thousand pounds. Yeah. So yeah. and and it's good to have other stuff too that's hard to carry on the road like drain pans, uh, funnels, you know things like that that people are going to need to change their oil, you know maintenance stuff. Out yeah, because I bet a lot of people ride two three thousand miles to oh, yeah. Sturgis, right? So that's yeah. a good point, Bagel. Yep. Yeah, you do a lot of road tripping. Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing is like I I can carry all my tools on the road. I can carry some of the small spare parts that I need, uh, or hope I don't need but might need, and uh, but it's like the bigger stuff that 
you can't carry on your bike. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff yeah. that you really need when you stop somewhere on the road. Or half gallon oil or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be cool. Um, Knock, you have uh, an update you want to share with us? Yeah, MotoGP is about to start, man. Uh, now you were getting now you just back off there, Mister. You were getting all frothy about the Suzuki, weren't you? Oh my God! So uh, before the season starts, the uh, factories, the manufacturers start showing off their livery and the, what the new bikes look like for this uh, racing season. And so far, the ones that's impressed me so far is the Suzuki. Suzuki. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, they have... Winglets everywhere. Well, it's... What it is, because of the rules, you're not allowed to have winglets that are... They just stick out. They have to be enclosed or guarded in a way where they don't break off when they... uh, when you crash, and uh, so they're integrating the wings into the body like like airfoils, like like a come on, like an F one car. But uh, the Suzuki one looks super dope, and uh, the first one, uh, the first race is in Qatar. It's uh, uh, March seventh through the tenth, and uh, if you haven't yet, the subscription is one hundred fifty nine dollars for nineteen races, which brings you to about to eight dollars and forty something cents a race. Jim, are you going in on that again? Yeah, I'll go in. If somebody wants to yeah, share, let me know. You want to go halfsies with me? Yeah, I'm down. So cool. we can eat crab and watch races. It's well, no, hang on. Yeah. You're not going to be even in the country, Liza. Isn't that the weekend that Shh, you're going to be? Don't say that. No, but you can watch afterwards. Yeah. 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 The thing is, is you have a live feed, and you can do this drag and drop thing where you could uh, each crazy. rider has its own little camera, and you could you know, put it on your main yeah. screen. So you, you have like four do, or five yeah. different screens and what your main next to your main screen. Helicopter view, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, and you get a backlog of Every race that they've done, all, all the way through the stuff in the 80s and, you know. You early know what I like to do, so. like, yeah. It will make a change going around to your place and actually watching something wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the last thing we watched, yeah, which well, I mean, not you, wholesome. No, we usually we just go around to gyms and watch porno. So. <laughs> it's quite entertaining, nonetheless. It's always entertaining. <laughs> but the other thing I like about the pass, and I think it's worth the money, too, for eight bucks a race, because there's so much extra stuff. They go into the yeah. technology. And what's fun to do, though, is, like, as they come up to to Qatar is um, I'll watch the last couple of seasons like go back and watch Sarko when he led mm-hmm. for the first few raps because you get to learn the track again and get the history of it so I dig the GP pass it's yep. cool man and it's just that the race not the race in general it's you have qualifying you have like a, the, the practice and you have all that stuff in the beginning you get Moto yeah. 2 Moto 3 two, yeah. and this year I believe is the e- E-Series electronic bikes Oh, the ones Electric powered bikes. by Elastic right. Trickery. That's right. So, <laughs> first year of it. It's going to be pretty interesting to see. Isn't a super bike, what, didn't, weren't they announcing, uh, didn't Wayne Rainey announce some TV deal also? I don't know. I wasn't, haven't been paying attention. Super bikes? <laughs> World Superbike? So. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I don't know. We'll take a look at it. Somebody will know. My Somebody will tell us. Watch racing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, just That's all, all I have to say. Good. Watch it. Yeah. Um, did you guys, I mean, we haven't even talked about Dakar. It ended a few weeks ago, but I don't know if you guys saw. Did I mean, not catch Dakar. Hmm. I mean, Dakar well, was some, awesome. Yeah. Um, I know KTM won. They keep winning. Well, they always bloody win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Toby, who was riding KTM with a broken wrist. Nice. And there was a, I can't remember the other rider's name. <laughs> it came down to like the last day and to the wire. Uh. And, um. And the other guy like made a mistake, and Toby Fuck. won by like it was like awesome. Wow! But there was one guy who carried too much speed over a sand dune. Oh, I think I and saw And launched. Yeah. Launched. Looked like he like. It looked like the Dukes of Hazard yeah. jumping over a bridge. Yeah. Except 
when he, he came down and landed, it didn't magically turn into a fixed car again. No. He like he landed and stuck the landing, but he hit so hard he just let go of the bike and just fell backwards. You know what it looked like to me just is he hit his back. head on the handlebars it got knocked unconscious. Mm. And then like ghost rode for a little bit and was like blue. Here's wow. a fun fact and I believe it still stands, but I am willing to be corrected <laughs> fun on this. Fact. <laughs> fun fact. The longest dirt bike jump ever recorded on film. Me? Krusty Damon's a Dirt, 1995, oh. I believe. Hmm. I think that's record still stands. Um, I think that was the longest. What about Robbie Madison jumping over the fucking <clears throat> palace over there? But that's not was dirt. It? That's not yeah, dirt. Yeah, no, I think the longest it still stands, and I can't hmm. remember the name of the rider, but Krusty Demon's a Dirt, I know, they do a lot of this Dune to Dune stuff, which is crazy, yeah, yeah, but yeah. point being, it's like... Shit's nuts. Well, I saw the dude, like, he looked like he went off this dune, like, oh, it's just another dune, and yeah, then realized he, there was a fucking crevasse of sand, like... What you uh, see, you fuck. just see sand, yeah. and it, you don't get any sense of scale. Oh, there's a nice little ripple in sand. Yeah. It's fucking 100 feet down. <laughs> it's it looks like, jeez. Like, Those you know guys what? are just peeling out in sand Ooh. for 10 hours a day. I'm right. going to make a dumb statement right now. Okay. I'm going to say LARPers don't watch any racing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you might be right about that. Right? That might be a reasonable thing to say. Right? Real bikers watch this shit. They definitely don't eat crab. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you didn't catch, real bikers watch racing. Uh, Doesn't matter what kind of racing, it's all good. Mm. But um, thanks. Um, that yeah, that's getting me jazz now. Right. For shizzle. Yeah. Hey, um, for shizzle knock. Mm-hmm. I've got a, an email shizzle. here. Did you say faux shizzle? I got, gotta, a, I got gotta an email get the here. Umbrella for drizzle. And this is from Mike Olson. He Mike. says uh, he just Kelly. came across our podcast about two or three weeks ago. Hello, Mike. And he's listened to twenty of the latest episodes, Ooh. and then he started decided well, to go back to the beginning and well, start. Listening. Oh. <laughs> well, and he's, he's all the way up to eighteen from the beginning. The beginning oh, is a hard eighteen, wow. man. It is rich. But um, <laughs> the one of the episodes, he he was uh, reminded we were talking about how uh, I said dealers should have more of a responsibility when new riders show up and buy a bike mm. i think there was in that story a kid had like bought a bike and pulled out of the driveway and like crashed you know horribly right mm. and i th- i said i think dealers should have more responsibility and he was telling a story back in 97 um this uh friend of his uh who was 22 um who came from a wealthy family so he got what he wanted mm. uh, decided he wanted to get into riding so he went down to a dealership and he picked out a CBR 1100XX. Nice. A Blackbird. Called his dad who came down and dropped off the check. Mm -hmm. Blackbird was basically the fastest production bike at that time. At that time. Yeah. Until the Hayabusa came along. No. I thought this... Oh yeah, no, you're right. Until the Hayabusa. So, um... And he, he now he had some experience. Mike had some experience riding. He was just there with his friend. And as they were checking everything out, and then the the kid says to the salesman, he goes, "Oh, I need a helmet too." And the salesman said, "Oh, do you have experience? Are you an experienced rider?" And he said, "No, this is my first bike." And he said, "Well, then I cannot, in good confidence, let you ride this bike out of here." Mm, right. Mm. So um, he said, "You need to get somebody." who knows how to ride to take it out of here. 
And so Mike knew how to ride. So Mike got to ride it home for this kid. Said it's the first and only time he's ever ridden a brand new bike on the lot. <laughs> wow. Which, by the way, hey, dude, go test ride anytime. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the same thing. Because it took him seven hours to get home. But right. Yeah. Um, but I love that. Um, I love that that salesman, even though, I mean, at least, you know, the only control he had was you can't ride it out of here. You know, it didn't he mean that the kid didn't have him. it. He still he's sold just it to him. covered his ass. Fuck. Yeah, but at least somebody did say something and maybe put it in his head that, like, dude. Yeah. You know, the truth is I don't get involved in the sales at our place. I don't know. I really don't know what would happen. Well, the good news is he didn't die on it, and then he later got into, um, like, Harley's. So And, and built his own chopper. So he, he was a legit biker. Um but Mike says he loves the podcast. Um, and he plans to ride up here on a Sunday and pay us a visit. He lives down on the Central Coast. Mm-hmm. Oh, he says, I almost forgot to ask. I was watching your YouTube videos with my wife, and it looks like the last video was posted about 10 months ago. We really enjoy the videos, but have watched them all. Oh, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> my wife even loved the videos so much, she thinks you guys could have your own reality TV show. <laughs> don't put anything in Eliza's head. We tried don't, that. Don't, don't give her the ideas. Give her the FCC ideas. got involved. It was the he says, uh, do you plan on posting more YouTube videos? Yes. <clears throat> Mike, where are you? No, where I think I think I think Knock has a chatterbait station, don't you? Uh, maybe. So the the reason is how much is, money you got? The reason is because Mike was our videographer, yeah, yeah. and he was in yeah. editing. But then life took over his child, but, his business, his art, and he just hasn't had the time. But guess what? He's he's coming with us to Putland. Yes, maybe he with is. His yes. camera. Maybe we could harangue him about doing but more videos. But back to Mike. Yeah. Here's a fun factoid. Does anybody here know what a Hayabusa actually is? It is a peregrine falcon. That the, the preys on blackbirds. There you go. That's how it got its name. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Okay, so I have here, and the title is Driveshaft de Barrel. Mm-hmm. And it's from Chris Simpkins. Hello, Chris. Hey, Miss Fitz, last episode, Miss Emma regaled us with a story about losing a drive shaft on a bus. If I may take a moment to, I had a drive shaft divorce itself from a vehicle in my younger <laughs> days. Imagine, if you will, being in a high school and going to school in an area surrounded by orange groves. Sounds like Southern California. Hmm. My buddies and I would venture out at lunchtime and drive fast, do donuts, and mostly goof off. Fairly typical American school day. Um, one day my buddy was having his car worked on the local garage because it was going to take a fair amount of time the shop loaned him a car to use they gave him a 1981 AMC Eagle wagon with oh. four wheel drive wow oh my God. <laughs> um, when he came to school in that thing we were elated well of course you were darling we took it out after school and found an area where the dirt roads of the orange groves intersected with some of the paved roads that cut through the grooves there was distinct difference in height between the paved roads and the dirt roads. Mm-hmm. We decided if we could pick up enough speed, they may be able to jump the paved roads. <laughs> Why not? Gave it a Why try. What could that? go wrong? None of us were buckled in. Oh, God. First <laughs> Perfect. Attempt, the first attempts were awesome. We were catching some good air, but weren't clearing the paved road. On our last <laughs> attempt, we just gunned it. 
We had a nice hang time and almost keyword almost cleared the road. Instead, we came up short, hit the drive shaft on the paved portion, <laughs> oh. completely ripped the drive shaft out of the transmission, oh. broke, broke the transmission housing, oh. wow. leaked every bit of fluid out, and ultimately found ourselves stuck in the middle of the groves with no ride. Um, <laughs> As this was 1988, no cell phones, AT&T decided they didn't need a payphone in the middle of the grove, so we had to walk, walk back to school, called up the garage, told them where the car was, and tried to play it off like, the drive shaft just fell out, darling. Uh, yeah, it just fell out! They were a little reticent to believe us, but it wasn't my loner. Yeah, I'm just a dumb kid, I don't know what I'm doing, man. Exactly. <laughs> your, your car sucks. I know we were all dumb once, this is just one of my, what the hell were you thinking? Thinking stories. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. There's um, <laughs> one thing that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Current, <laughs> currently, <laughs> currently, Chris rides a 2017 BMW R1200 GS. Nice. So he's one of those GS riders. It's a waterhead. Um, and there is a postscript that apparently uh, AMC made gearbox upgrades at the half year mark. So, um, him and his school buddies might have been responsible for AMC redesigning their transmissions. Nice one. Very good, Chris. Bagel. Okay. You ready there? I'm ready now. So, uh, this email that Joel sent us is a follow-up from an email before, where he was uh, asking for advice on a new bike. And uh, he was kicking around a bunch of different ideas. Uh, he had tried, he bought an, uh, an 06 KLR. Well, for, first let me say that his, his daily rider is an 06 Kawasaki Z750S, which has 92,000 oh, yeah, plus I miles. Oh, remember, yeah, I remember this guy. Yeah. And yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's still planning to keep that bike and, and keep maintaining it as long as it'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he wanted a, a second bike. And he bought an 06 KLR, which was a decent bike, but it was too, too tall and heavy. Yeah. So uh, he <laughs> got rid of it after the summer. And he's looking for something else. He was asking, thinking maybe a DR650, CB500. X, SV650 versus 650, or the 300, possibly Duke 390, a bunch of other things he was throwing out. Mm. So, um, and he was basically wanted a, a single or twin under $4,000. Yeah. So Joel writes back and he says, Hey, Misfits, wanted to let you know I did buy a new to me bike. Mm. My Z750S is still my commuter because okay. the 07 DRZ400S I bought is not much fun with wide open throttle for 25 miles. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. It, nope. is, it is a blast to ride in this in the city in the hills and it does very well in the desert too also i've been catching up on old podcasts and just listened to the episode where you all met first uh, first met miss emma <laughs> oh god i, I couldn't imagine a she better was a way remember that i could she, i couldn't imagine a better way to have her introduced to the podcast <laughs> thanks for the help joel <laughs> Isn't that so much a meaning, but in a, uh, she was accosted? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I've said this so many times before. So I had a very, very quiet existence at the museum. And, um, you know, come we, all these we, we, we'd get middle-aged guys come in and get very nostalgic and teary-eyed over the bikes. You had cookies. Yeah. We, you had no, cookies. we always had cookies and coffee. But the thing is, when <laughs> yeah. you when you meet the misfits for the first time, it is quite intimidating. Well, it's Mike. It's well, yo, and he's like, yo, I'm going to sit on this. And Neil Jameson's <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy sitting on all my bikes? Mike, yo, does this work here? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? But um, it was great. And here I am. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you can never leave. <laughs> Knock. You got an email there? Yes. This one's called uh, What Bike Would You Recommend? Uh, okay. We'd recommend Brackets Dual Sport. A uh, motor car. This is from Scott Miller. Hi, Liza and crew. You all are much Hello. better. Hello, Scott Miller. You all are much better than me when it comes to bikes internationally. My brother has recently relocated to Ireland for the next few oh, years. Oh, sure he has now. From the USA and is considering getting back into motorcycles while over there. Right. Stateside, he rode about five years through college and early career uh, before stepping away. Yes. What kind of bikes would he be looking at that var- we can't get stateside? He needs a Varadero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, he's going to want something thoroughly modern with dealer support. He's not into cruisers or sports bikes. Uh, standard upright kind of stuff is his gig, VFR, Tiger, things like that. Thanks, as always, for all the work you do and you put on a great show. This is Scott from Cordelia. So, Scott, um, two bikes, two favorites of mine, which I rue that you can't get over here. The Varadero is one of them. And the Varadero is kind of an odd beast. It's kind of a dual sport bike. Basically, It's basically a Superhawk that's a dual sport. Yeah, but it's a great bike. But I tell you what, if you want to go fast, because I like going fast, (laughs) and you know... My association with Suzuki's. I know what you're going to say. GSX 1400. Oh, what a bike that is. It's like, it's kind of upright and naked, but it's not old fashioned. And it's like, oh God, it's amazing. I wish if I could go and get a GSX 1400 and bring it back here, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Or even an FGR 1300. They're good-looking bikes, yeah. but it, it, GSX 1400 yeah. is just good. It's such a good bike. But the problem is I don't even think... Because Canada's usually quite civilised with stuff like this, and occasionally stuff that you can get in Europe, you can get in Canada, and you can bring them down. But I don't think they got the GSX. Um, so it's, it's just not going to be worth it. Yeah. But if I ever relocate back to the homeland, I will be shopping for a GSX 1400 on the very first day. Yeah. But Varadero's a great bike. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, my real issue with the Varadero is that it's it's uh, it's not so modern, I guess. It's it's carbureted, and it's basically... No, they feel, the late ones feel the, injected. I the Varadero, really? Yeah, I think, yeah. They, I well, think they became fuel. Now I know why you like the GSX. It's a naked bandit. <laughs> well, no, it's like a bandit and a half. It's like it's got so much more power than a bandit. Yeah. And it doesn't even really look, it doesn't look like anything else. Mm. If you see the. It looks like a standard upright kind of like a. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a monstrous bike. Yeah, it's a lot of get up and go. Yeah, it really is. Um, my, my alternate take would be a, either a Hornet or a CBS 650. Uh, that's relatively modern. Uh, you get one from other... Yeah, Hornet. Yeah, Hornet. New, Hornet's you know? a good bike. Yeah. But, I mean, you can get that here. Just you can't get it's a different here. name. Yeah, different... Uh, yeah, it's a different name. 919. Yeah. Um, but they were all what? made in Italy, you know. Yeah. Did you know that? Bull Taco? No, they're long. <laughs> Wait, I, know. I thought the kidding. Hornet was the 600 version of the Naked, and the 919 was the 919. Was the 919. No, they're both called Hornets. Were they called both Hornets? I Hornet? think so. Okay. I, well, think, I, th- I think you just get a Hornet 6 or a Hornet 9. Oh, I see. Um, That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but they're it, very good bikes. Yeah. I mean, those are those are available here and over there. So, And they'll be pretty decent bike for what, uh, you know, if you want some standard upright. GSX 1400. So I want to take a moment <clears throat> because everyone in this room, except for me. Yes. And that includes Bosley. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
owes Chance Ford a uh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Chance Ford. Chance Ford. Yes. Yeah. So a big thank you, actually. We yeah. got we got a big box in the mail oh. this week. What? 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 Oh, yeah. I think Chance had some time on his hands with the polar vortex. Chance, <laughs> is it a is it a, is it a box of uh, weed? No. No. Uh, fucking you know uh, pretzels. No. no. What are you What are you drinking right Better. now? I am drinking a big red cock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, what are you drinking, Doc? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just drinking some random beer I found oh. in the fridge. Exactly, because Chance Ford sent us a big box of beers. Thank you, Chance. I and had the every, Scottish whatever it was today. Uh, yeah, every, every can or bottle was individually bubble-wrapped and duct-taped. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. oh, and you. then the whole box was packed into another box of packing peanuts. And in that, there was also a uh, bully stick for Bosley. Yeah, And the reason I say everybody but me, because... I do not chew on bully sticks, nor do I drink beer. But yeah, thank do. you for the thought. It was Chad. awesome, dude. <laughs> what I have gotten is thank a you so bunch much. of packing Thanks. peanuts to well get rid packaged. of. Well <laughs> packaged. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. And that was really cool. Drunk, Everybody's so been enjoying it. There was especially a beer called, Bosley. Called thank Bean you, Flicker. Bean, bean Flicker beer. <laughs> That's right. Nice. What do you got there to read, Jim? All right. Hey, so I got an email here. Howdy. Dear Misfits from Alec Tinsley. Alex. Hey, Alex. Alex. Oh, it's Alex. Uh, my apologies for not sending parag- paragraphs of broadcast-worthy prosaic masturbation for you and your Blimey. listeners' entertainment. All right. Prosaic Next. masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new punk rock band. Uh, anyway. However, I do not want to introduce myself preemptively wel- uh, and preemptively welcome you to Portland, Oregon. And one moto show. Yes. Yeah. yeah so of Portland bound. Um, I have nothing to do with the show. I will be attending it for the first time myself. I'm reaching out mainly because I understand several of you will be attending the event, and I'm looking forward to thanking you personally for the laughs and insights your podcast has provided me. All right. Right on. Sadly, uh, I've only learned to the uh, learned to the podcast after uh, ride with Norman. Yeah. That's all right. Right. That's all cool. Right. So a bit about him. He's old enough to have seen on any Sunday first run in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episodes of ride with Norman when he visited the garage. Wait, it was wrong paragraph. Um, I've owned numerous bikes over the years, starting out on scramblers and enduro bikes. He's had a, one, a Honda 160, a Yamaha 252 stroke, a couple of Suzuki TS 250s. Those are very good bikes. Right, very excited. And Emma, a 72 Norton mm. Combat Commando. Yep. That's the high-power version. Commando had like 50 horsepower, and the Combat had like 58. Mm, awesome. A very good bike. Uh, on which he spent many a day during the late 70s grinding off for, uh, grinding off foot pegs in Southern California. Yeah. So his my current preference in motorcycling is the road-biased ADV category. My current ride and only transportation is a 2009 Buell XB12X Ulysses. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's a good one. Right on. Uh, his up the butt butt ride, however, is the Modus MSTR. Mm. Yeah, Modus. That is an, another real butt worthy bike. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so, but I mean, what are Modus doing right now? I mean, they're they're fold, just, they folded. They folded. Yeah, I know they yeah. folded. Oh, I but I mean, is well, every everybody who bought one up Shit Creek without a paddle? Basically, you know, I don't know. I wonder if there's still support for those guys. Well, Why? it's not like they were bought by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so they may still be seeking funding. Who knows? They may come back. I, I think they're pretty much done at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. He sent a couple of pictures, too. So thanks, Alex. We will see you in Portland. Come but track us down. L- looking forward to it. Yeah, Isn't yeah. it funny? He has a Buell, and he'd love to have a Modus. There's a theme. There's a theme. Marika. 
Nice. <laughs> Outcast. Yeah. So right on. We'll see you there, man. So and and yeah, and I wanted to say um, about the one show next week. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the podcast will probably be going out late because we are all going to be up there, and I have to have a, a day or two to re- to uh, edit. But I wanted to send uh, a big thanks to Henry <laughs> and uh, Z and Charlie and Micah, who are going to be coming to run the garage. The B team will be here. More like the C team. No, <laughs> no the B team, darling. So even though we will all be at the show, the garage will still be open. I really appreciate that you guys will be here. to. The help garage goes on. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I think between the four of you, y'all know where everything is and you can figure it out. I think we, between the four of us, we have enough knowledge to make one shade tree mechanic. Use a longer uh, bar. <laughs> I think we've got <laughs> time socket. for one more email. What you got there, Henry? Got an email titled Wins, Losses, and Gaps. This is from Gareth up in Portland. Oh, Gareth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's just telling us he's telling us about the story where he was trying to change the tires out on one of his old bikes, a 78 CB 550. Oh, I've been going backwards and forwards with Gareth. Yeah, he's doing an Ask Miss Emma. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going to the Portland Motor the Portland Moto Collective yes. as their first pain customer to help out with a tube that he pinched. Mm. And he just has a few question, a few more sort of questions for us to uh, things he should be doing while uh, doing the win- winter thing up in Portland. Yeah, mm-hmm. Emma was saying we should go visit them while we're up there. I would like to, um, if we've got... Because, I mean, you can go in and out of the one show as, as much as you can. And as uh, as far as I'm aware, you've got a rental car. Don't yeah, you? we're going to be fucking around for three days. So. Yeah, exactly. We'll, so we'll I, would, I would very much like to visit the Portland Motor Collective and uh, just stick our face in and say hi while we're there. We can do that right after breakfast at CC Motor <laughs> Company. That sounds good to me. All right, keep reading. So anyway... He's asking wheel bearings. Yes. When they should when should they be changed? And he says they appear to be well maintained. I threw the assembly on the on the truning stand. Truning. Truning stand. And I can't feel any flat spots as it rotates, so all good. Yep. Chain stretch. Mine is a press type link, clean and appears to be well appears to have been well kept by the previous owner with no apparent wear on the rollers, but I'm near the end of adjustment. Without history, how do I know when it should be changed out? And finally, what else should I be doing while I have the wheels off and the bike in the air? Well, yeah, we, well, we covered the chain earlier. I mean, if you're at the end yeah. of adjustment, you're, you're done. done. Yeah, you're done. And I mean, if you know how to inspect a sprocket, you you might be able to get away with using the old sprockets and just putting a new chain on, as long as the sprockets haven't got any wear on. Nine times out of ten, they are. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a quick check for your chain. Here's a here's a misfits top tip. How you actually know when your chain is knackered if it's not at the back of the adjustment. So it's a two-step process. First, you've got to adjust your chain correctly. So you adjust your chain. So you've got maybe three-quarters of an inch up and down movement in the bottom run. Mm-hmm. You know what I refer to when we had the, the kids out here today? Yes. They're saying, how do you adjust it? And right. I say, it's the difference between a C cup and a B cup. There you go. <laughs> So now, like a, like a some water of those balloon. kids that you've never seen like a real a titty. So that doesn't work, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. This is how you're going to know if your chain's knackered. So you've adjusted your chain correctly. That's very important that you have to do it first. Now, if you look at the back sprocket, so the back sprocket is usually, 
I don't know, not mean all of it, but it's usually on the left side of the bike. So I want you to consider the back sprocket as a clock. The chain, the top run of the chain starts at 12 o'clock and the bottom run of the chain starts at 6 o'clock. Agreed? Mm-hmm. I want you to grab this, the chain at 3 o'clock, Hi. exactly halfway through its run, and try and pull it off the sprocket. Mm-hmm. And if you can pull it any amount away from the sprocket with it just correctly, your chain's knackered, throw it yeah, away. That's it. Uh, pull yeah. it off the back of the sprocket. Pull yeah. it off see the back of the gap. sprocket and see if it comes away at all. Hmm. And if it doesn't, you're good. If the chain isn't full of tight spots and flat spots and nastiness. That's kind of the same test I use on Jim's ball sack. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, Takes Jim, two hands. Jim is very <laughs> prematurely wrinkled anyway. Oh. <laughs> no, but he's, he's like, why is it so loose? It's all that time you spend in the shower. Gravity. The, uh, You're running it too hard. Uh, and as far as wheel bearings go, um, most of them are usually sealed. Yeah, and exactly. so if they're the seal is compromised chances are they're probably already fucked up anyway so you got to replace them but for the most part stick your hand in there and spin them around if you don't and you know wheel, roughness, you're good to wheel go. bearings are an interesting <clears throat> thing because they're cheap as chips yep. to buy uh, but they are a pain, pain a royal pain in the rump to fit mm-hmm. and if you don't know what you're doing you can do more damage to brand new wheel bearings yep. fitting them than just going with your old bearings that have got no wear in them. No, Emma, a good long screwdriver and a, a big <laughs> hammer. You're good. I'm still trying to get bearings out of a wheel right now. Fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, anyway, they, they I've are. I've heated wheel, them. I've tried everything. So wheel, wheel bearings are a pain. Um, Did I, you get one side out? Uh, no, so we got him and I uh, a couple of weeks ago got the what the we got the rear bearings. Yeah, out. yeah, but you and I was trying to get the front. the front. And was there um, a snap ring around it? Sometimes. Well, no, no, ring. I've got all that out, so it's just the bearings. Then that tube that's in between. Yeah, oh, yeah, call that? yeah. And that's supposed spacer. to move just enough to uh-huh. expose the bearing enough to punch it out. Yep. Well, it exposes it about it's less than an eighth, eighth of an inch, like point mm-hmm. one zero inches of it. And I just can't get enough purchase with a drift or a screwdriver or anything else right. to get that. Fucking bearing Some, out. Sometime, like heated it, all that shit. What you're probably going to have to do is um, get a torch on the wheel. Yeah. I was going to say, have and you tried heating up, it up? I, yeah, did, I heated up it up with, so, a, with a hot, with a whatever, the gas. Oh, yeah. So, so here, like here an, it is, for, Jim. With a map torch for about 30 seconds. So here oh. it is, Jim. The worst case scenario, you might be able to have to rent a blind bearing puller from AutoZone or whatever. Okay. Yeah, and you could just, it's like a slide hammer. It's got the little, a little prong that opens up on the inside. I got you. Slide it out. Now, have you got new wheel bearings? Yes. So, riddle me this. If you get a bolt mm-hmm. and you weld it into the old bearing, then you, you just can just it smash it out. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's a you're getting just so am I pushing it, it, pushing it like like crossways, like from one side out the other. No, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd go down. I'd go down to Ace Hardware, and I'd just get a big bolt. A big bolt. Mm -hmm. Big bolt. Mm -hmm. All right. Flip the the plastic seal out of the 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 bearing, so it's just metal. Okay. Drop the big bolt in the bearing. Set your welder to the maximum amount. Yeah. Plaid. Plaid, and just. And just weld the bolt into the bearing, and then when you flip the wheel upside down, you've got something to smash against. Then 
Hmm. I just wanted to add one more thing from his email. Yes. Thank you. I'll be using bouncing beads over lead no, weights. No, you bloody won't. <laughs> if you never <laughs> hear from me again, you'll probably know how things turned out. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, you won't. Don't. No, don't use balancing beads. Please don't use balancing beads. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to share today. Jim came over to rebuild his forks. Yes. And I was on a phone call. He was on the buffing. So he was, being, he was unmonitored, but. He was doing, a, you know, he's doing a cool thing. He found a everywhere. YouTube video, somebody step by step how to do everything. Yes, yes. But the problem is, he was getting ahead of the video. He'd, he'd pause it, I <laughs> and I just hear like, oh, and like parts falling out. Like Bing. he had unscrewed the top, and like, bring things flew all out, oh, no. and then. <laughs> It was pretty funny. <laughs> and then he gets the bolt out of the bottom and things are just flying, flying out. Because he'll turn it or, uh, and it's like, ah. Oh. Like, it was pretty funny. Well, that was exciting. The, <laughs> the, the problem is with with Jim is he follows the same method with instructional videos that me and him do when we watch porno. <laughs> so you watch a little bit and then you get ahead of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you just walk around with your pants down your ankles, hands all dirty and shit. You're like, fuck, what do I do? Why is everybody looking at me I'm again? just really tired now. I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. was funny because you were talking to people on Warwer yeah. on the on the technology thing, and yeah, I got fork parts flying everywhere. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But and here's the rule of thumb: just do one at a time. Yeah, as long as you always have the other one to go back and see what is missing. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but he, he got it sorted out. But it was funny to see him just doing those things where he doesn't realize when he would tilt it and then things would slide out Whoa, and fall on the ground. Whoa! <laughs> Tiny little parts. The best is when the, the top went fly and the top's all pew, and of yeah. course it goes into the corner behind the air compressor. Disappears. <laughs> there could be a rabid fucking possum back there for all I know. I'm and, like and then he plays the a video and says, now the next step, you yeah. when taking it off, be careful that it might Put a rag over the top so the top doesn't launch off behind the air compressor with the possum. That's the thing. I mean, I found with these instructions videos these guys are either ridiculously calm mm -hmm. or they're just like they've been drinking <laughs> they're like <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of both I'm yeah, really calm it, and I've been drinking so yeah right anyway, but um, live and learn yeah exactly Fuck that's it. what it's all about yeah so um, I wanted to make another announcement mm -hmm. <clears throat> I spent all day yesterday because it was a rainy day yes we were supposed to do the moto food tour yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, oh man, it's a bummer that didn't happen. It yeah. got delayed due to the rain, and I spent the day shipping T-shirts. Uh, all nice. of the T-shirts for our Patreon supporters. I, that's a shit ton of T-shirts. <clears throat> are, are in packages ready to be picked up, which means I've got some T-shirts left for sale. Let me tell you something. Liza keeps it real. I seen <laughs> the shirts packed in the box. Some of them ready to go, all wrapped up and. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's a lot. Yep. It's a but lot of shit. It's a lot of work. Good job, Liza. Thanks. But I, also, I would like to recognize not your design. It, yeah, it, it came out good, right? It you came like out good, good, good. I really agree. Well right. done, son. Like All right. <laughs> yeah. So good just shit. remember, um, I do have some shirts for sale. I haven't like put up a, like a way to do it officially or anything. So basically, the cost is twenty for the shirt, eight bucks shipping. I can get it just about anywhere in the U.S. Uh, so just send me a message with your size and your address. It's limited. I only have so many. Like I think I have one small left and maybe one triple XL left. Um, and uh, I would be glad to sell you a shirt. Wearing a Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt tells the world 
<clears throat> so much about you. That you yep. watch Norman Reedus. You're on probation. <laughs> you, might, you might get some ass wearing that shirt. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much Maybe gar- not. I guarantee I it. You know? Or you might have a drink thrown at you. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I see a good-looking guy wearing a motorcycle's and misfit shirt, I'd be all over him. Sure, why not? I have a feeling... that's, what, that's what we'll tell everybody. Yeah. All right. yeah. Yeah. So, and it makes you at least 20% more handsome. Sure. Yes. Oh, easily. Maybe it's slim, 20. intimidating. Yes. <laughs> well, the black, darling. Yes. And I'm, and I've still got my winter poundage. So. Just a reminder, we are going to be at the one show, so if you're coming out there, look for us. We're going to be wearing our smashing uh, shirts and logos there. And I might just have some shirts for sale there also. I'm going to be wearing a ratty-ass sweatshirt just to drive Liza crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so make sure you find us. And if you see Mike, oh, let's give everyone a message. Go up and say, Mike, fuck you and your third place award. Oh, no. No, no, make him say. No, no make him uh, say, uh, don't look at me when I'm inside of you. No, <laughs> if you can find Mike, come up to him and say, don't look at me when I'm inside of you. Oh, my God. He would oh, that would be shit. so creepy. That would be funny. <laughs> Mike is totally not listening to this podcast. Oh. You should totally say that. Yeah. Let us know ahead of time so we can video it. And just like tap him on the shoulder and like say it in his ear like real quiet. Hey, psst, don't look at me when I'm inside you. Of know. You. <laughs> <laughs> or how about a handy in the alleyway? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, hey. We should actually offer a prize to the, to the listener who gets the best rise out of Mike. <laughs> We should do that. I think the prize is I will keep him from hitting you. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing everyone there. It's going to be great. Exactly. Yeah, Moto Hoot. Food Tour, I think right now I have it down for March 2nd. We'll see. There's enough nice weather around here. We don't have to do it in um, shitty weather. Yeah. So. Would you yeah. like to know what happens on March the 1st? What happens on March 1st? It's Emma's birthday. <gasps> well, then. Well, then. So be, I it? will be expecting cake. Mm. Oh my god, we gotta add another thing on the Moto Food Tour? The cake stop. I like it. Is that a euphemism for something? Maybe. I'm just saying. Don't say cake first. Just asking. So let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for emailing us. Keep the emails coming. And we know if it's a sad enough story, we may just call you. (laughs) If you crash bad enough. Oh, it's not too sad. Spectacular enough. Thanks again. Go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Like, I don't want to hear stories about your family member getting deported or nothing. That would be too sad. That's really oh, man. You just, you just took it to a weird place. I know. You're right? sorry. Well, let's not get really bad. Let's not get real. Again, go to yeah. motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Find the uh, links to everything there, including our YouTube channel, which we are not keeping up to date. We <laughs> will. <laughs> but go to Instagram. Check it out, man. But go to Instagram, because uh, yeah. Jim is all over that shit. On that note, we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again. This is Eliza. Henry. This is Doc. Bagel. Emma Darling. Naked Jim. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool. cool.